when we are talking about like early communities or even maybe sometimes like late stages, we, we always talk about vibes, like what's what's the vibe of the community? Because it does matter a lot. It's actually, I think, about like a culture, uh, but also like to build a good culture, you need a lot of like uh, genuinity. I think that's especially very important for this new generation, for this new digital native generation, uh, that like authenticity and like... Uh, like these things are like essential, crucial to to really build something that people enjoy in participating in, and like it will like if you do it right, it will create a bunch of like serendipity where like people will just like stumble upon on each other, like they they will make friendships, and like that's how I made a lot of friendship online too, and like that's how like people make friendships on crypto Twitter or in like random Telegram groups. Uh, it's it's a really important part of community building. Hi everyone, this is Growing Web3, a podcast that uncovers the growth stories behind the most successful crypto, DeFi, DAO, NFT, metaverse, and play-to-earn ecosystems. I'm your host, James RT, and each week I'll be sitting down with founders and experts on Web3 to pick their brains and learn about their growth stories. We'll discuss strategies and tactics to understand how they've grown Web3's billion-dollar protocols and communities. So whether you're in the midst of your own growth story or just getting started, this show is for you. Subscribe and join us each week as we discuss Growing Web 3. Growing Web 3 is brought to you by Hype Partners, the leading community management and marketing agency for Web 3 organizations. Hype is a global agency of 120 marketers committed to supercharging Web 3 ecosystems. Go to www.hype.partners to learn more. Hello everyone. I'm extremely excited to have with me today Raz, the founder of Guild XYZ and an investor in Web3. Welcome to Growing Web3. Thank you, James. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here too. It's a, it's a real pleasure to have you on. We've been using Guild at Hype and I've been using it for a long time. So it's great to yeah chat to the man behind it. Um, so I wanted to get started by learning about your journey into Web3. I know it's been a very interesting one. Yeah. So I'm really passionate about games. And uh, the way I grew up, I, I designed a lot of different games. I had my own experiments. Uh, some of these games were like uh, computer games that I programmed. Some others just I designed on paper. But uh, like that, that's really like... Uh, uh, like that, that was a very like important thing during my childhood. And like after uh, high school, I started or like during high school, I started like uh, playing a lot of like MMORPGs, especially RuneScape. And that's where I got like fascinated about uh, virtual economies that like a virtual economies can actually exist. And uh, meanwhile, I also discovered Bitcoin in 2011. And I realized that like all those things that I learned from the game can actually have uh, like a, a real uh, uh, like a similar version of it in, in the real world too. So I was really fascinated by cryptocurrencies from the very beginning. And then in 2013, uh, when I went to university, I was really, really bored with my environment, with, with the people around me in, in university. And like, I sort of like grew up online. So I, I had like a, like a, a life online. And then like when, when the first meme coins and the first altcoins appeared, I felt like something special is is happening because because before that Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies were mostly just about like 
buying drugs or like all sorts of like illegal activities online. And I didn't want to participate in that. But in 2013, I felt like the new like Dogecoin was like a couple of days days uh, old when I joined the crypto, like when I literally like joined the, the crypto space with my own money. And I felt like it's it's a it's a very important moment because people started using Dogecoin and some other alt currencies to just tip each other online, like just to like hang out on Reddit. And whenever someone said something interesting, we had like a Dogecoin bot built into the Reddit uh, forum, and uh, we were able to like just tip each other some Dogecoins and like send each other for certain things online. And I I really enjoy that because that resembled. Uh, Pretty much the, the my experiences in, in virtual worlds in massive MMORPGs. Uh, so yeah, I joined in 2013 and I sticked. I, I became a dropout. I started uh, taking crypto very seriously up to a couple of up to a couple of years. Uh, I joined a couple of startups and like early stage companies. But then uh, I also started working on my own. And uh, but first, uh, like my first successes in in the space was as, was as an investor. So like. Uh, I started doing uh, like uh, liquid investments from like uh, just into altcoins and also sort of like up and rising projects like very successfully. And that allowed me to like start financing my developer team. Uh, I always been a builder, by the way. So like, as I mentioned, I, I, I programmed my own games and like I started programming when I was just six. But uh, I, I wasn't like a really good like product builder. It took me a lot of time to understand how to design products that are like other people actually want to use and not just for myself. I always built stuff for myself. And uh, so, yeah, I, I was able to like start financing my own my own projects, my own team. And we started hiring very smart people from the local hacker spaces and started building like more and more serious projects. We also had some like detours, like during DeFi summer, we built... Uh, on-chain market making bots we did a little bit of mev uh we we did like portfolio tracker apps we, we created a privacy wallet and like all sorts of different things that that we found interesting but none of those things gained really like significant traction uh but after DeFi summer i realized that like uh DeFi is kind of over or at least for a period and uh because I had an involvement in the DAO space since like 2016. In fact, like DAOs attracted me to Ethereum at the first place. I really wanted to do something with DAOs. And I felt like there is a, like a, like a lot of the ideas uh, for communities and for social activities in crypto, they kind of lost in translation because like, like it's very, very cool to have on-chain governance, to have transparency for a community. But uh, then, like, practically what it meant to many communities is just, like, complete mayhem and, like, uh, like unusable tools, like, very, uh, uh-huh. uh, not like, not practical applications. So, that, that, the UX was definitely not there. And uh, I decided to, like, start running experiments around this idea of building for DAOs. And uh, we, we did a couple of different things, but then I eventually narrowed down the scope and, like, ended up landing on just... Uh, permission control, like access control. And uh, we built uh, like a token gating uh, app, sort of. Like that was the initial use case to just like based on like token ownership, any kind of token ownership on on chain, you can get access to like certain like private exclusive channels on Discord or Telegram. Uh, That was the just the basic idea. But then we quickly iterated from there. But that, that, that has been my journey sort of in the crypto space since 2013. 
Super cool. So yeah, DAOs are DAOs communities are very much the focus of um, Guild. And when like one thing I find really interesting in Web3 is we have this ethos of everything being open. Um, and Ethereum as the eco as, as an ecosystem is completely open. But yeah. recently I've kind of changed my perspective on how founders should start communities. So, mm -hmm. you know, previously it was, you know, open up your community, let everyone in, and then try and find who like the key contributors are. Um, yeah. Try and filter through people and see who's giving the community, like their energy, their time to the community, um, and try and yeah, filter that uh, to find the people who are going to help build out the project, build out the DAO, contribute with code or with um, capital, with different things, um, with their time. And now I'm, I'm changing my mind because some communities we manage at Hyper, like hundreds of thousands of people. It's like, this doesn't work. It's just loud. It's noisy. So um, we've been using like the gated community feature um, yeah. a lot more. And finding this can really help uh, like bring a lot of focus to communities. And I'm even saying to founders, maybe you should like think about gating your community from the beginning. Um, if you want a certain type of uh, user or like, for example, if you're a DeFi product, you can gate your community or gate some channels to only let someone in who holds um, a certain DeFi token. So maybe say like uni, Uniswap's uni token. Um, how, how, how have you been like thinking about this and how have you been seeing, have you been seeing the same trend or yeah, what are your oh, thoughts 100%. on that, gating things? Yeah, I always thought that like exclusivity and like a well, like curation is a key part of community building. Uh, you can just start a community uh, like by just like uh, letting everyone to join or like leave anytime. I think a community really needs to be like there needs to be like some strong connection between the participants, at least the early participants. And there has to be a clear value proposition for the community as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's it's a friend group. Maybe maybe the community starts with just a, a couple of friends who really, really like each other and like like to ha like hang out with each, with each other online and like share certain interests and they talk about certain topics all the time. Like that's what I experienced in the in the in in the hacker uh, uh, space spaces online essentially like most of these hacker spaces on IRC like there there are a bunch of like anonymous people we don't know who is who but like everyone sticks around because we have a common interest we we want to learn about new vulnerabilities or like new uh, like all sorts of different news related to to the to the hacker world and I I felt like uh, uh, like this common interest is, is 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 always key for building a community. So and and the the value proposition could be many different things in crypto. It could be like something uh, like an opportunity that you can become an early adopter. You can become uh, an early participant in a community. And like a lot of people do that actually with ownership. They they distribute special privileges or special type of ownership to the early participants. But that's in my opinion, it's not very genuine. Uh, so, but there are other, uh, like other opportunities to, to like provide some value. And like the most obvious one to me is just like build something that people are really passionate about. So it, be, it, it is becoming their interest. And then like once they are really passionate and like genuinely interested in, in the things that you build, 
if you bring together just a core, like a, a couple of people who are like really deep into the stuff that you are building, they will really enjoy like talking about like uh, topics related to that. Uh, but there are also other things uh, you can provide uh, like a professional network or like a, uh, like a special environment for early participants. For instance, like if you are building a product where uh, the target audience is eventually going to be like other businesses, uh, then you might want to start building out your community with only allowing uh, like builders and founders to participate in in, in, in your space because uh, that will provide them uh, like a, a very strong uh, like a, there is a very strong value add in like uh, providing uh, networking opportunities so they will be able to like connect with other founders they will be able to like build their own like uh, uh, business relationships but meanwhile uh, they also like enjoy hanging out in the lounge or like in the in the in, in the community that you created. So that could be a pretty cool like value proposition too. But yeah, I completely agree with you that uh, communities need to be created or even like permissioned, not just at early stages, I think at later stages too. Uh, inclusivity is very important when it comes to like uh, uh, like basic uh, human needs or like uh, basic uh, like base layer infrastructure. So I think it's it's a very good thing that Ethereum is fully permissionless and most of the technologies that we use, even Guild is fully permissionless. Like we don't have to approve anyone to use Guild. I, I think that's a core principle of, of Web3 or like the crypto space, uh, just as important as like transparency is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's clear that in the, like in the very beginning, you need some sort of like creation and, and a very strong value proposition to build up the core of your community. But later on, as the community progresses, you still need to provide like personalized experiences. And the best way to do that is to provide like a, a separate view for certain people. Like if you are an influencer, you might be interested in, in like crypto Twitter related things. If you are like a hardcore developer, then you might just want to see the developer channels and like chat with other developers. If you are an investor or like a liquidity provider, you probably even like even want to speculate or like want to hang out with other investors. But it becomes noisy very, very quickly if you let everyone to participate in everything. So instead, if you create like specialized channels uh, that are only being unlocked after like proven expertise or proven background in certain areas, I think that can that can really help. And uh, yeah, actually, that's what we are doing at Guild. We we allow you to connect. Uh, the GitHub accounts and the Twitter and uh, with, with your wallet addresses. And we can, like a guild can automatically tell that someone provided uh, loads of liquidity in a previous version of the protocol. So now they should have access to like a, a beta tester channel where like only experienced liquidity providers can chat with each other and the protocol developers. But we can also tell that like if you if you are a very active developer in GitHub and you have like 10 commits every week uh, or like just even just a couple of commits, then you should be able to like be like a participate in a channel where developers explore the opportunities in the current protocol or like uh, to participate in certain developments uh, about the, like around the protocol. Uh, and this could also help a lot uh, on the other side, like uh, protocol developers or like people who run the projects, they can identify certain potential contributors much easier because they can see that like, oh, all these people who got access to this channel, they are all very active developers. They all deployed smart contracts. They 
they all uh, had like previous experiments in the past uh, or like these other people, they, they are actually like veils and they, they are very serious about liquidity providing. They, they don't just like trying to put in $50 for, for the hope uh, in an airdrop or something. Yeah, super cool. And it's, yeah, I think that word curation is so important because, um, yeah, the first 20, 50 community members that you have in your Discord as a founder will really set the tone for how it grows. Yeah. And I also think there's an argument for token gating in the very beginning too, or gating the community in the very beginning, because if you just launch you know, a Discord publicly and you suddenly have 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 members, you haven't really had a chance to build up a culture. Yeah, um, exactly. And I think that's something that projects that launched previously, actually in the bear market, they kind of had this chance. They had to like really work hard to like build the culture up. It was like tough. Yeah. It was like a struggle. Um, and now people are in a lot of different discords. They might not be giving them all their attention. Um, so, you know, as a founding team, you might have thousands of people in your discord, but not that much engagement and the culture might feel a bit lost. So, yeah, I think that's a, you know, I think it's really cool when projects launch with 50, 100 um, members and they really like focus in on how can we make these community members happy, engage, and how can we help them contribute? And then they, you know, build it out a bit more, build out a bit more. And maybe that's lining up with a product launch. And then when they have their main net or their, you know, their product goes live, then they're like opening the floodgates and letting everyone else. Yeah. Um, join like I think nouns they even they even uh kind of stopped using their discord right and now oh yeah they they closed the discord a token gate community for nouns holders oh there are a bunch of yeah. token gate so it's interesting like, that's happening too yeah but I really like what you just said I think when we are talking about like early communities or even maybe in sometimes like late stages we, we always talk about vibes like what's what's the vibe of the community because it does matter a lot it's actually I think about like a culture uh, but also like to build a good culture you need a lot of like uh, genuinity I think that's especially very important for this new generation for this new digital native generation and that like authenticity and like uh like these things are like essential, crucial to to really build something that people enjoy in participating in, and like it will like if you do it right, it will create a bunch of like serendipity where like people will just like stumble upon on each other, like they they will make friendships, and like that's how I made a lot of friendship online too, and like that's how like people make friendships on crypto Twitter or in like random Telegram groups. Uh, it's it's a really important part of community building. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, yeah, those first connections. Like I think of like the first communities that I was a part of. And yeah, I am still friends with some people from those groups like five years later, which is amazing. But um, they were all smaller communities. I feel like when you join this big server with like 50,000 people, 20,000 people, I don't know, there are big ones now. Like it's harder to navigate, harder to find like, your people, oh, 100%. So, yeah, yeah, I would recommend like, founders, yeah, and like challenges also bring people together. 
like uh, I really like it in, in, in the nouns community that like when I first got into the nouns community, I realized that like, oh, all these other people paid like 200,000 for a stupid pixelated art NFT as well. Like we are, we are in this shit together now. Like we have to figure out what's next. And like these kind of things really bring people together. Like that's why I made a lot of friends in the nouns community. Uh, otherwise, like if you have too many people and like those people can be into anything, they can be very different from you. Even uh, like uh, maybe they don't even speak your language. Like that's, that's not uh, like a, a good environment, obviously to make friends. But wherever is just like a close circle of like-minded individuals, there is a much, much higher chance to like actually make meaningful connections. And those, those meaningful connections will create friendships and like a bunch of conversations. And those conversations will set the tone uh, of, of, of the community, the vibes of the community, which will eventually manifest into culture, some kind of culture. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nouns is, yeah, nouns is an awesome community. And yeah. They, uh, the barrier to entry is very high, which uh, it sounds like means that uh, people will definitely be engaged. Um, yeah, but it shouldn't yeah, be they, just like monetary. Gonna... Yeah, but it shouldn't be just like monetary like uh, barriers. Like I think that's one thing, obviously difficult to get into a community if you have to pay a lot of money. But then like uh, there are other challenges. Like I think there is a good example uh of like uh i i personally didn't participate in that but like when paradigm had uh this uh like competition for like mev or like i'm I'm not in like they they had a competition for like young folks i i don't remember the exact name of the 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 program but like was it like I the know race of, it was like a yeah something like that and like all those people who applied to that like paradigm accelerator program or something the people who got in became like really good friends or at least like uh, who I met, like they all told me that like the, it, it really created connections because it was really, really difficult to to like get into the group. And like once they were in that immediately created the exclusivity, which which immediately like created the, the sparks uh, between people and like they were able to like um, connect meaningfully. They knew that like the other people there are like also like good engineers, good hackers. Uh, and, and it's funny because even people who really, really wanted to get in and like put all the effort into getting and like eventually they didn't, they created their own community for people who did, didn't get into the paradigm program. So even like for people who didn't get it eventually, but really wanted to, they started connecting with each other as well. So like, yeah, high barrier, that's cool. rather like a- that's like, <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, I was just gonna say that's cool. It's like they created an anti-community. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, uh, the, yeah. Anti-community like has like worked that. really well. I think I, I, I saw it multiple times, and like uh, just like positioning the culture against like uh, another community's culture or something like that. That that works really well too. Like I really uh, find it. I, I find it really funny how the Milady community positions itself. Uh, in opposition to the to the board API club uh, community, there are like endless amount of like memes around like how miladies are are killing board apes and like how, and like if, even if it's like a very weird thing overall, I think it positions the the culture really really well and uh, like it 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 sets the tone apart from every other communities and like it's clear that like 
like board apes are about like celebrities and and fame and like certain type of fashion, while Milady is about like counterculture and uh, against like uh, revealing their face or like being anonymous, like they are being anonymous online and like the exact opposite of like board ape yacht club and like that that determined uh, their culture. Uh, yeah, the Milady community is a. Uh... A very unique one. I've been a, I've been a part yeah. of for a little while. I, I <laughs> think the Milady community is the only one that really started, like only started thriving after it got cancelled. <laughs> like literally for a counterculture, yeah. for for like a like really like a, a, a like an anti culture, like an anti community in crypto. The way it, uh, the, the way to succeed was really through like being cancelled and like being hated by everyone for a while, and then they did like a stellar comeback. It's it's just amazing to see. Yeah, <laughs> but also like we we can't tell we we don't know how much of like uh, the Milady stuff is actually irony or like people are serious about it. Like honestly, like we can't tell if like how how many percentages of the Milady agenda is like just psyops. Or like actually real and people believe in that shit. <laughs> we'll never know. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. That is the beauty of uh online communities is yeah, they can be pseudonymous for forever and we'll never know. And the yeah. ladies can be passed around from person to person too. Um, yeah. Super cool. Um so how do you feel about I think we we touched on this, like communities having this like vision or mission and how much do you think founders should be the ones like driving this versus mm -hmm. trying to come up with like a shared vision or shared mission within the community itself? Yeah. So I actually think that community building is super, super hard. Uh, it's not something that you can just delegate to someone, especially not in the beginning. I think founders need to be like heavily involved in community building in the early days uh, you can just hire a community manager team. Like if you do that, uh, you like if like projects that do that, they they are usually like not very serious about their pro like their uh, their future. Uh, I don't necessarily think that a community has to have a like a vision or like a like a specific uh, goal in the very beginning. It's very important important to have a value proposition, but like it can turn down to be to be anything. Like uh, the best part of having a community is that it's organic like people will come they will contribute they will form it uh in their own ways and like they will they will participate and contribute to the culture uh so i think it's it's good to have uh like more flexible community goals and like uh like run communities in a way that it's really up to the community members because that will create uh, like a sense of ownership like a sense of belonging among uh the community members if they can really influence uh, and and it's not just like a, like a centralized story building that everyone participates in. That that's cool too. If you are like specifically building a brand or trying to sell something, and that's your only goal. But I think you can benefit more from uh, like organic communities. Awesome. Um, do you have any good examples of communities that have kind of emerged organically that people can check out? I mean. I always say like Constitution DAO was like oh, yeah. the kind of hyperscaled version of that because it was just like madness for like two weeks and they did an incredible job to like rally everyone around this uh, this mission. 
but yeah do you have any others yeah that's definitely a good one uh i really like the joke though but i'm sort of like a like a uh, a counterculture figure or like I, I really like underground communities i don't really like when a community or a product really goes mainstream i i always prefer to be at early stages of things so my examples would be probably like less known but i think the joke DAO is probably one of the most genuine uh community of people uh we have uh very very interesting people from all over crypto uh, and it and it all emerged around an idea of like uh, even though like we call it joke DAO and like uh, it's kind of abs- abs- like a absurd no no so it's kind of absurd how do how do you say absurd I I can't yeah absurd it is absurd absurd, absurd. Is absurd okay. for sure yeah so like like even if it's like fully absurd and uh, like doesn't really make sense in a lot of times uh i think it attracted a lot of uh, intellectuals in the crypto space and uh like some people are taking like including me i'm I'm taking the community extremely serious uh i think uh uh, the team is is actually knows what they are doing and it's gonna be a very interesting like governance experiments down the line uh probably more important than like most of the DAO frameworks out there and it's mostly because it's a it's a it's a genuine community with genuine like a new like authentic ideas and open to like uh, it, it mostly because it attracted the right uh, like intellectuals I think in the space. How how did it manage to do that? Like, what was the premise? I know I've seen it a lot on Twitter. What was the premise around like this open experimentation? Yeah. I think uh, like uh, David Phelps, uh, one of the founders, he has a very strong personality. He's a very serious, but uh, a very funny guy at the same time. And uh, I think his personality was, and like he's also the founder. So like his involvement in the community made the community really, really uh, successful. And his unique personality attracted uh, the right people. Yeah, he's also, I mean, he's he's a very smart guy. I've seen him write a lot of interesting things on the governance as well. So yeah, his blog yeah. is his blog is excellent. So I recommend. Um, it's a it's a very good. Yeah, it's a very good example how a founder being deeply involved in his own community uh, is is beneficiary for the project and like everything around. Uh, uh, yeah like everything around the community they are building uh yeah i think i think that's a good example uh i will try to find another example too Mm, like a community that i really like Mm. or any DAOs that have like sprung up around a certain cause uh, most DAOs are, are sort of like failures to me or like I, I don't really like DAOs anymore, to be honest. Like not like Guild is not even like focused on DAOs anymore. We are more focused on permissioned communities, whether they are DAOs or not. It's it's really just about the the curation and the personalized experience. Like the curation from the community manager perspective and the personalized experiences from 
from the individual's perspective. Mm, that's cool. So permission communities yeah. is, the, is the future. Yeah, uh, definitely. And, and curated communities, it's very important to, uh, yeah, like, uh, to, to spend enough time with like, uh, uh, figuring out a good strategy for, for a specific, uh, product. Uh, I really like the seed club community too, but honestly, uh, I can't really tell what's, what's the secret behind the, 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 the seed club community. It's, uh, it's, it's still like relatively new and like, just, I'm just trying to like relatively new. It's, it's been like, uh, around for, for a couple of years now, but I think seed club was able to like get very interesting, smart people together low key without even like most other, like most, most people outside would like realize that like seed club ventures, for instance, had, has currently like 70 or something like contributors. And, and I think Seed Club Ventures is probably the only functioning and successful venture now right now. Uh, that's probably going to have like a very bright future. And uh, the way they, they put this together is mostly based on vibes. And uh, that's a little bit odd, to be honest, because you can't automate all, like uh, vibes or you can't, uh, like you can't, you can't manage, like you can't create communities based on vibes with guilt. So, uh, you, for, for vibes, you really need, need like a, uh, a chief vibe officer or like someone who like really good with people and like just understands the dynamic, uh, between, uh, people in, in a group and, uh, seat club ventures has those people and, or like seat club in general. And they were able to create together a very interesting crowd. And it's, it's also like a, 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 a productive crowd. So like, uh, people have long conversations, uh, about certain topics, about certain projects, and we actually do good investments as well. And we don't have like, uh, like major misalignments or anything. Like, uh, I really love the nouns community. I think it's probably the, like, it's a number one DAO. Like if we are just like talking about DAOs in general. But uh, there is a, like a, a major misalignment in the nouns community between people who who would rather prefer to 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 like uh, build like uh, like sustainably uh, in in ways that like the 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 nouns DAO should be able to like generate some revenue at some point and like between the other party or like the other people who think. Uh, that like uh, like Nasdaq should be all about just the the decentralized IP and uh, like just just uh, like strengthening the brand itself is is all what we need to do and like we don't have to focus on on like financing or like sustainability in a way uh, that it, it shouldn't come from the existing treasury it, sh- it should come from like new participants and uh, mm-hmm. yeah so th- there were all a bunch of like arguments around this in the Nas community. Super interesting. Um, so we're coming towards the end. And I have a final question for you. If you okay. could be the like, head of growth, head of community, head of marketing, or head of vibes for a project, <laughs> one that we didn't mention, which one would it be? Oh, one that we didn't mention? Oh. We could have one mm. we mentioned, actually. I would Maybe probably not Guild, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
this is a difficult question uh like the the companies that i find the most fascinating today uh are probably open ai uh and uh like twitter i think these companies have uh like limitless opportunities in in its current position although like twitter still is in 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 quite a a pickle or like in a trouble uh, but like like uh like developing twitter further would be really interesting mm, but yeah i think i would i would pick open ai because i don't i don't agree with a, a lot of things that open ai does or like the way they do it but i think there is so much potential that i would probably join the team for as as like a chief vibe officer that's cool. I love that. They actually put up today. I saw they are looking for a Discord manager. So, <laughs> Seriously? I mean, wow. yeah, I'm paying them a pretty high, pretty high salary. So if anyone's listening, who's a Discord manager, <laughs> maybe hit them up. But we'd prefer if you stayed in Web3. <laughs> awesome. Thank cool. you so much for coming on. That was uh, super fun and really great to chat. Thank you so much for the invite too really enjoy this thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode of growing web 3 you can see the show notes and all the resources mentioned in today's episode at hype partners forward slash podcast thank you for listening again and be sure to hit subscribe to listen to new episodes first growing web 3 is brought to you by hype partners the leading community management and marketing agency for web 3 organizations hype is a global agency of 120 marketers committed to supercharging web3 ecosystems go to www.hype.partners to learn more